Okay. So today we're looking at Batman number sixteen, the April-May issue from nineteen forty-three, published in February of nineteen forty-three, and we're looking at the fourth comic within that issue. Somebody better find out Batman and Robin's secret identity here, or the front cover will have lied to us. On the cover, we have this giant guy. He's wearing a dark suit with a tailcoat and a gray vest. He's wearing a Sherlock Holmes hat as well and smoking a pipe. In one hand, he's holding a magnifying glass. And in the other hand, he's holding a book open by only one side, to wonder that book stays open, titled How to Be a Detective, and it has a picture of Sherlock Holmes on it. I certainly hope this isn't one of the Sherlock Holmes stories. You know, Holmes always says that Watson writes too narratively, and his books are in no way instructive, so reading one of those to learn how to be a detective is just a waste of time. Unless this guy's managed to get his hands on a copy of The Science of Deduction. That would be an achievement. This man is walking across the cover, and as he walks, paying attention to his book, he's stepping on some thugs. Three of them are running away, and he's just about brought his foot down on the last one. Batman and Robin are behind him, with their arms over their heads, although they don't seem to be tied up at all, and they're looking out a window. And the title to this comic is Here Comes Alfred. Is this the Alfred that is Batman's butler in modern comics? Maybe. He doesn't really look like the current depiction. Let's see how the story goes. So the story starts off with a boat crossing the Atlantic and landing in Gotham City Pier. That is a point to it being the real Alfred. He is British. Everybody gets off the boat, and we follow Alfred. He's made a friend on his journey across the sea, and he's saying goodbye to him. I am not going to do a British accent when I repeat Alfred's lines, because honestly, I have no confidence in my ability to sound British. Alfred shakes his friend's hand, and he's all, The parting of the ways, Mr. Ledoux. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and I wish you the best. And all that bolly-tosh. Mr. Ledoux? also wishes Alfred a good life in America, then they walk off. But since they're both going to, like, the American intake office, they do that awkward thing where they say goodbye and then they walk off together and end up at the same place. Mr. Ledoux talks to one guy who says that his permits look in order and sends him off to America. And Alfred talks to the other guy who opens his suitcase and takes out this book. The guy's all, how to be a detective in ten easy lessons. So you're a sleuth. And Alfred's like, and rather good at it, if I do say so. And he proved that he's a good sleuth right away by thinking to himself that he's known there was something mysterious about his friend, Le Duc, the entire time. And he's been trying to get him to talk about himself, but every time he does, Mr. Le Duc just says something deflecting and doesn't answer. Alfred passes the American inspection, and the guy gives him back his case, and he walks off into Gotham City. When Alfred walks out of the immigration office, we see there are a couple thugs in a very wide car that have been watching the immigration office. One of them, the one in the passenger seat, is all, If you miss our man, driver, 
My dagger will not miss your scrawny body. The driver's like, no, no, I'm totally going to find him. My eyes are as keen as your knives. But clearly his eyes aren't that keen, or he would have seen, watching them from behind a shadow, Batman and Robin. Robin's all. So that's Manuel Stiletti, the international crook. What do you think he's up to, Batman? And then Robin answers himself in another speech bubble that points right to him. That's what I want to find out. All I know is, whenever Manuel and his cutthroats are on the prowl, trouble isn't far away. And Robin, or Batman, is right. Trouble is afoot. The thugs stop their car. One of them says that they've found their man, they recognize his suitcase, and they jump out right into the path of Alfred, who's been pondering to himself if he should go after Mr. Ledoux and satisfy his curiosity. He's just decided that he should, because even if he's two years too late, no one's going to notice another hour or two. He doesn't get the chance to go after him, though, because he's threatened by the thugs from before. They're all, give me the suitcase and maybe we'll let you live. Otherwise, you're dead like a dog, says the other one. Alfred is all, what? A bally stick-up? Such as I've seen in the cinema. He may have only seen the stick-ups in cinema. But that doesn't mean he's going to fall prey to one. He starts swinging his suitcase around wildly and even manages to disarm and de-hat the two thugs. One is all, Diablo, for that you shall not die like a dog, but like a pig. But Alfred's not going to die at all because Batman and Robin jump out from behind their corner and start beating up the thugs. Batman punches one back into the car and then Robin punches the other one back into the car. Why are you doing this? You realize that you're just making it easier for them to escape. Somehow, Batman and Robin didn't think of this, but the thugs obviously do, because when they're both in their car, they just yell at the driver to go. And then, of course, the driver drives away. Robin's all, can't we chase them, Batman? But Batman's all, no, we're too far away from the Batmobile. By the time we come back, they'll have disappeared. And besides, they want to talk to Alfred. He's all... Thank you, Batman and Robin, for rescuing me. I'll repay you for your chivalry. Batman's all, forget it, but by the way, what were they after? And Alfred goes, they're after my suitcase, but I don't know why. There was nothing valuable inside it. I guess the joke's on them. And then he tells Batman that he is an amateur criminologist. He doesn't have much experience, but he has a lot of talent. And he's willing to help them out if they need his assistance. Batman and Robin look at each other, and then Robin's like, Well, you know, we kind of use our own methods, and we don't need any fresh talent that might dazzle us. Batman, why are you letting Robin answer this? As team leader, it would probably be more definite coming from you. Batman and Robin leave, but they do tell Alfred that if he ever needs their help, he can come call on them and talk about it any time. Alfred lifts his hat, and he's like, all right, I'll do that, and you can expect me as soon as I have attended to a little matter of business. So, Batman and Robin go home. They laugh a little about the joke they played on Alfred, because even though they told him that he could come see them, he doesn't know their address. Ha, so funny. Robin's all, nobody knows where Batman and Robin live. And Batman's all, well, maybe he fancies himself smart enough to find us. At this point, they're disrobing from their costumes. 
Bruce has taken his Batman mask off, and Dick has taken his Robin cape off. Bruce looks pretty normal, but Dick looks awful. Never wear the Robin uniform without a cape ever again. Why is it a v-neck? Bruce and Dick are just getting ready for bed. Dick is wearing black pajamas with yellow spots, and Bruce is wearing gray pajamas. When they hear the doorbell ring, Dick saw someone's at the door. So Bruce gets on his bathrobe, and he goes and answers it. It's blue, thankfully, so he's back in the correct color. He's all, who could it be at this hour? They think maybe it's one of Bruce Wayne's rowdy Playboy Night Society friends. But when they open the door, it's Alfred. They're both completely shocked. So am I. How'd he find out who Batman and Robin are so quickly off screen? He just tips his hat and he's all, Good evening, gentlemen. I trust I haven't disturbed your rest. I mean, a bit. He puts his case down and then he says he'll talk about his duties. Bruce and Dick are in the foreground of this panel looking so shocked we can just see Alfred between them. It feels very inclusive. I feel like I'm standing there shocked right behind them. Alfred fluffs his hat and he's all, I sure had a hard time getting here, Mr. Wayne. My ship from England was delayed by a whole year. The two in the background are all, what? Alfred continues to tell them about his journey. It's actually a pretty wild story. Apparently, two ships were torpedoed out from under him, and he had to spend two weeks adrift on a life raft. He says that that was very exciting for him, but the most memorable experience happened within the hour when he was attacked by thugs, and Batman and Robin drove them off. Dick is all, what? Why then? You, you don't know? And Bruce grabs him by the shoulder and shushes him. So they just let Alfred keep talking and hope their cover's not blown. Alfred continues to summarize his evening. He's all, you know, I've always admired Batman as a criminologist, but when I was talking to him and he told me I should call on him whenever I wanted, I forgot to get his address. Now Bruce and Dick are relieved. I'm sure they're thinking to themselves, thank God he has no idea who we are. Now that this is clearly a Bruce Wayne problem, Bruce is able to handle it much better. He's all, that sure is a story, but, um, what can I do for you, Mr., um? Then Alfred goes, you can call me Alfred, and no Mr. And as for what you can do for me, why, I'm your new butler. Bruce looks horrified. He's all, butler? But I haven't had one in years. I didn't send for one, and I'm afraid I don't want one. Dick says they don't have any servants at all, and with how small their house is, I can believe they're getting along fine. Alfred Dahl, no, no, it might be a bit awkward at first, but you'll definitely get used to me. You see, my father, Jarvis, was your father's butler for many years. He was so heartbroken when I forsook the family calling of being a butler and became an actor in the music halls. Bruce is all, Okay, that makes a little more sense. You're the son of Jarvis. How, how is he? Alpha Doe, oh, he's dead. And on his deathbed, he made me promise to mend my ways of musical theater and come to your house in America. So you see, even if you don't want a butler, I'm just gonna stay here. Which is all, uh-huh. And then Alfred just walks up the stairs like he owns the place. He says he'll turn down the beds and make things ready for the night. I didn't know their house had a second story. It looked like it didn't the one time I saw it from the outside. 
Bruce and Dick think this is really weird, but the problems aren't so much with him insisting he won't leave, but more with the fact that they're Batman and Robin. And how are they going to be Batman and Robin when there's just some guy living in their house who doesn't know they're Batman and Robin? If he should find our secret laboratory and the tunnel to the Batplane hangar, he'll really know the identity of Batman and Robin, goes Dick. Bruce is all, you're right, but I can't just kick him out tonight. I'll think of something in the morning. But I think there's going to be something happening that night that'll change Bruce's mind. Right before dawn, a furtive trio approaches the Wayne house. They're the Dugs from before. They're very, very determined to get that suitcase. One of them says that millions of dollars will slip through their fingers if they don't. They creep towards Bruce Wayne's house, but they're not going to get away with that. Inside the house, in Bruce's room, there's suddenly a giant light shining right towards his bed. He wakes up with light in his eyes and he's all, What? My special burglar alarm? Someone's forced open one of the east windows. He's got a bunch of different little circles on the back of his bed frame, one of which is shining. So I think different circles shine depending on where the house is broken into. That's clever, Bruce. Dick also gets up. He's got a burglar alarm too. It woke him up as well. Bruce is halfway into his Batman suit. He's all, get into your uniform in case we have to go out. And don't forget, we're going to have to make up some explanation about Batman and Robin appearing here. We don't want to give ourselves away. Oh, so now you care. Remember when you called Dick Robin right in front of the Joker? Yes, I'm holding that over you forever. Now, even though it is very late at night, Alfred is actually still up. His enthusiasm for his new job has carried him far into the night. Right now, he's sorting through all Bruce's papers. Bruce has so many papers. It makes a huge stack from the floor all the way up to Alfred's waist. He's all... Mr. Wayne is a nice person, but he's a typical bachelor. Look at all these newspapers, weeks old and not taken out. Then he looks at one of the newspapers he's handling and finds a familiar picture in it. It's Gaston Ledoux, the guy he was on the ship with. He's all, no wonder I sense something mysterious was up with him. And when we read the headline of the Gotham Gazette, it says, Duke of Dorian, Premier, flees Nazi invasion. Alfred's all, I'll have to look him up and let him know I pierced his incognito. Why? That just spreads the information even farther around. Alfred's still looking at this newspaper when the thugs break in. They're after him and his suitcase. One's all, so you thought you escaped? You didn't think we'd follow you, eh? Alfred's all, oh no. If I resist, it'll disturb the masters. And a good butler never lets that happen. So he lets himself be taken hostage. They have him lead them to where his suitcase is. One mocks him that there's no Batman to save him now, English dolt. And indeed, no Batman comes to save him when he leads the thugs into his room and they get their hands on his suitcase. One is all, at last, the treasure is ours. Alfred standing in the corner with some guy's gun trained on him is all, Bless me, I knew that suitcase was old, but I never dreamed it was a valuable antique. The thugs start rifling through his suitcase. One of them even starts tearing it apart. Alfred's like, hey, it's bad enough to steal my suitcase, but it's downright criminal to destroy a thing while there's still use in it. 
Yeah, almost like these guys are criminals. At this point, the head thug has had enough, and he tells his hench thugs that Alfred's just too annoying and they need to kill him. But before they get the chance, Batman bursts in. How'd he get into Bruce Wayne's house? Wow. He goes, you rotten murderers. Didn't think I could follow you, did you? Echoing them from a page ago. Of course, he didn't follow them. They invaded his house. He fights them for a bit until one of them pulls out this knife. He holds it by the bottom, just like the last guy we saw throw a knife, and he's all, You're as good as dead, Batman. Manual never misses. Then he throws the knife. He doesn't miss, but he is intercepted by Robin holding a hand mirror. He smashes the mirror against the dagger, and it goes flying down onto the bed. Manuel's angry. Robin has messed up his perfect throwing knife streak. He's all, what? I shall have revenge for this brat. But then Robin just smacks him in the face with a hand mirror as well, just to make sure he has his full quota of bad luck. I mean, that might count as you breaking the mirror too, Robin. Now all the thugs are so scared of Batman and Robin, they run away. They jump right out the window. How does it feel, Batman, to have to replace your own windows? But it looks like Batman doesn't care about that at all. He just says that the thugs are getting away. They need to go after them. Robin heads out the window. He says he'll get the Batmobile. And Batman hangs back. One of the thugs has actually been completely knocked out and left against one of the walls. So Batman has to tie him up before they leave. Alfred talks to him as he ties this guy up. He's all, so sir, about your address. And then Batman runs out the door. Alfred's like, that's weird. He didn't seem to like me asking where he lives. Ah, well, I guess I'd better go see if Mr. Wayne and Master Dick have been disturbed by the noise. Even though Batman and Robin are out in pursuit of these thugs, we actually follow Alfred for a bit. He checks on Bruce and he's not there. He checks on Dick and he's not there. I mean, what were they expecting? That Alfred wouldn't go to see if they were hurt during the burglary? They're not very good at keeping this secret, but I suppose they're not used to a guy actually living with them. Alfred's so confused about the missing people that he has to go back to his room and check his detective book. And while he goes, the third thug, the one who got knocked out against the wall, has woken up. It looks like Alfred scared Batman off before he could tie him up because the thug comes out of Alfred's room with a knife. He's all... So, the pleasure of killing you has been delayed, but not lost. And he starts attacking Alfred. Alfred is a bit bigger than this man, and tries to punch him back. He swipes, but the guy dodges, and Alfred winds up hitting this shield with a bong. But, luckily for him, the shield falls off the wall and takes this guy out with another bong. There sure have been a lot of things that just accidentally go in Alfred's favor. Either way, the thug is taken out, and Alfred can count it as a win. He even makes a joke about it. But then an even more unexpected thing happens to Alfred. You see, when the shield fell, it struck a concealed trigger, and the wall opens up. Alfred's all, by Jove, a sliding panel and a secret staircase. It reminds me of some of the old castles in England. And he goes down into the zoo of death. When he gets there, 
It's not various animals that Bruce Wayne wrestles to prove himself the strongest prince, though. It's just Batman's secret laboratory, which was behind the fireplace last we heard, not behind some shield on the wall. Stop renovating your house, Bruce Wayne. You're making it confusing for all of us. And not only does he find the secret criminal lab, he finds a doorway that leads down into the Bat Garage, where he finds the Bat Plane in an underground hangar. He's all, a plane with shaped bat wings? It must be the famous bat plane I've heard so much about. I do believe I'm going to make an amazing deduction. Okay, it's not that amazing. I mean, you found Batman's plane and Batman's lab in a house that belongs to someone who looks like Batman. He's all, yep, I've deduced it. Mr. Bruce Wayne is Batman and Dick Grayson is Robin. I'm so clever to have discovered it. And how fortunate they are to have a man of my abilities in their employ. I hope you mean throwing out old newspapers because your abilities seem to be crime stumbling so far. Back with Batman and Robin, they have chased the thugs across town. They wind up in front of this old abandoned theater that says building for sale on it. Their car is in front of the theater though, so Batman and Robin go in. They get up on stage, and Robin says that this place looks super abandoned and spooky. No one's been in here in years. But Batman just points to the floor. He's all, even Alfred would know better after seeing these footprints in the dust. Batman and Robin look around. They can't see anyone, but they do hear a strange noise coming from somewhere. They try to locate it, but they're not fast enough. And... The thugs, who are hiding up in a box, swing down some ropes with weights on the end toward Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin don't see it coming at all. They're just tangled up in the ropes. Batman calls them bolas. This somehow restrains Batman and Robin quite well. And then the thugs come to finish them off. One's like, let's shoot them now. But another's like, not yet. Let's do all our killing at once and dispose of the bodies together. These stupid ones will be safe if we tie them up tighter and then hoist them in the air. I don't believe you. If you had any sense at all, you would kill them now and then just bring your other guy here and kill him here too, and then you could dispose of the bodies. That would make sense. But the thugs aren't interested in making sense. They tie Batman and Robin together back to back and hoist them in the air, just like they said they were going to. One of them's all... At last, you've been outwitted, Batman. You cannot shout for help, and if you break your bonds, you will be dashed to pieces by the fall, as he pulls Batman up to about two stories in height. Then they say they gotta go get their third guy, and they leave. So, Batman and Robin are left hanging in the air. Batman says this is one of the tightest spots they've been in, but I don't believe him at all. Scarecrow was trying to drown them while they were tied up just a couple weeks ago. But Batman and Robin just can't free themselves. It's too much. And outside the theater, the thugs are off. But first, they're joined by their third guy. They're a little disappointed because now that the third guy's back, they're going to have to share the swag. The third guy can totally sense this. And he's a little vindictive about it, but he really wants the money more than he wants to needle these guys. So he just says it was easy to get away once Batman and Robin were gone. And he and the thugs get into the car and drive off to get their third guy. Not realizing that the whole time they were being followed by Alfred. He's all, I'd let that burglar escape so I could follow him. 
the Batman and Robin must be inside that abandoned theater. I may as well let them see that I'm on the job. Then he goes into the theater. He looks around, but he doesn't see Batman and Robin. So, what does he decide to do but reprise an old part? He is an actor. Apparently a while ago, he played the role of a cockney butler in a haunted house. And he starts talking in what I assume is a cockney accent, although, as I said before, I do not do transcribed accents very well. He talks about how, oh, the house is haunted, some spirit's gonna come get him. The manor is just getting too scary with all these ghosts he's gonna have to turn in his two weeks. Up above him, hanging from the ceiling, Batman and Robin can see this clearly, and they're a little annoyed. Robin's all, if only he'd forget about the corn and look this way. And Batman goes, there must be some way to attract his attention. Batman and Robin have been gagged here, so that's why they don't just yell. In a bid to get Alfred's attention, Batman and Robin start swinging back and forth. Eventually, they swing so much they're almost vertical, and Batman manages to kick down a rope that's hanging nearby with his foot. The rope swings down towards Alfred, just as he's giving his speech about how scary ghosts are. He's all, keep your ghostly fingers off me, and then the rope smacks his hat off his head. He's all, oh, it's really happening. Then he looks around wildly for the ghost. But when he looks up, he sees not a ghost, but Batman and Robin in distress. So I suppose that'll work out well for them. And we go back to following the thugs. They're back to entering an apartment in an exclusive neighborhood where Mr. LeDuc from earlier is living. They break into his room while he's asleep and find his bag, which looks very similar to Alfred's. They pull out this big hunk of jewelry. And then Mr. LeDuc, who's in the bed, wakes up. They're all, not a sound, Duke, or you're a dead man. And he's all, no, you must not take the crown jewels. I brought them here to establish credit for my government in exile. The thugs don't care, though. They keep the crown jewels for themselves. And then they drive Mr. LeDuc off to the abandoned theaters so that they can do all their killing in one spot. When they carry him back onto the stage, we can see... Batman's feet tied up and hanging from the rafters. I guess Alfred wasn't able to get him down in time. Oh no. But actually, I'm lying. It was a trick. Batman and Robin are free, and they swing down on ropes to beat up the thugs. One guy's like, what? And the other's all, this cannot be. It's a joke. Yes, because Batman has never broken out of restraints before. Batman and Robin beat up the thugs for a little while, but then one of them pulls out a gun. He's all, Batman, you better look out, and then he points his gun at Batman. But backstage, Alfred is taking some action. The thugs and Batman are actually standing right under the stage curtain right now. So, using his special musical theater knowledge, Alfred is able to discern what rope to pull and the curtain comes right down on the thug with the gun, making him fire into the air instead of at Batman. Then Batman's able to finish beating the thug up. He punches him so hard he just starts spewing stars everywhere. And after all the thugs are down, Batman recovers the crown jewels. He's all, so these are what they were after. Where did they come from and who do they really belong to? And that's when Alfred gets to show he's a master detective by talking about where these jewels came from. 
See, they're the crown jewels of the country from which Duke Dorian is the premier. He brought them here for security for his government, but then some criminals got wind of it. Duke Dorian's all, Alfred, my good friend, you saved my life and my country's treasures. Thanks so much. And to think I laughed at you when you said you were an amateur detective. That still doesn't explain why they were after Alfred's bag. I mean, I guess his and the Duke's bag look kind of similar, but it was never explicitly stated. Everybody goes back home. I don't know how Bruce and Dick managed to avoid Alfred as they come back into their house. But it seems like they did, because the next evening, they're pretty sure he hasn't figured out their Batman and Robin. They're reading about the case in the paper. Bruce is all, Alfred's pretty proud since we gave him full credit for this case. I really thought he'd done a great job of detecting, till I figured out he got all his information by accident. And Dick's like, yeah, I was really afraid he was going to find out who we were, but if we're careful, I think it can stay safe from him. After all, he isn't too bright. We pull out a little, and we see that Bruce is sitting in front of his fireplace. Where'd your secret lab go, Batman? And Alfred comes into the room. He's holding Batman's cape over his arm, and he's like, Beg pardon, sirs. You'll be going out directly, and I thought I might assist with your uniforms. Bruce is all, what's this? And Dick's like, huh, those cloaks? Why, what does this mean? And then Alfred points out the window where we see the bat signal. Wow, the Gotham Police Department really use that thing sporadically, don't they? Alfred's all, I saw this searchlight up, and I believe it means you're required at the police station. Dick's still trying to bluff their way out. He's all, the signal, but what's that got to do with us? Alfred's like, well, you're Batman and Robin. I figured it out, but since it wasn't relevant, I saw no reason to mention it till now. Dick's all, I think I was pretty wrong for calling him a bit dim earlier. So Alfred helps Bruce and Dick put their Batman and Robin costumes on. And as he does, Batman's all, Well, you're one of us now, Alfred. I hope you realize that if your knowledge leaked out, Robin's life and mine would be forfeit. Criminals would have an easier time of it. Alfred Dell, I perfectly understand. And you must rely utterly on my discretion. Your cloak, sir. After they get their costumes on, Batman and Robin head out into the Batplane where they fly off to help the police with a much better opinion of Alfred. And after they're gone, Alfred waves at the window and thinks to himself, They were so impressed with me, it would never do to tell them I learned their identities by sheer luck. Much better to act mysterious and say nothing. Keep your eye on Alfred, the comic tells us. You haven't seen the last of him. Yeah, he's Bruce's butler. He lives in his house now. I'm sure we'll see him next time. The end.